Our problem is this. How can regular people like us, who didn't grow up with the most uplifting mentors and really only learned how to hold ourselves back, how do we create true financial freedom, true emotional or even relationship or even overall health freedoms by just understanding our strengths and doing everything our way, getting results in a way that is truly authentic to who we are? That's the problem I'm committed to solving with this podcast. My name is Eddie Villa, and it's time to unleash your strengths. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Strengths. My name is Eddie Villa. So good to be here to start another wonderful episode on letting go of who you're not and being who you are with everything you do. That is the focus of this show. Being you with everything in order to get everything you want in a way that you want it. (laughs) So um, one of the the things that um, I want to share with you real quick is how this year was going for me, just so you all can kind of stay with me on this journey of being who I am with everything I do in 2020. Um, I, I made that promise and I told you about how fear is coming to play and I've talked to you about how stress is becoming an issue we have to that I've, I've had to learn how to handle and um, it's going really well obviously and because I'm, I'm learning from really great people how to handle these things I'm, I'm learning from very powerful people and that's what's going to be the subject of today's episode we're going to talk about um, about this concept of taking control and what does that mean and what does that look like because for me I've got this massive goal of, of having a thousand people be a part of my Unleash Your Strengths community. These are a thousand people that I'm going to help, ultimately help do everything in their life, make money, build their relationships, improve their health, develop a certainty in their belief in themselves. And these thousand people are going to help me go into the world and teach them. And how I'm doing that right now is I'm doing these workshops these workshops I'm doing them around the right now I'm doing them around the country but soon it'll be around the world Um, I'm now in the car on my way home from Las Vegas where we just completed another awesome workshop and uh, just so you know uh, in the last uh, 45 days we've had a little over 80 people join the community and now we're coming close on 600 it's pretty awesome very excited about that and I'm here traveling back home with my amazing wife, who is going to be the one who's going to speak a lot on this episode. You all are going to get to know the woman who inspired me to inspire me. <laughs> We're, uh, we, we had an awesome trip in Vegas. And uh, well, let me just, uh, I'll just bring her on now so you all can hear from her. So say hello. Uh, this is my amazing wife, Angela. Angela, say hello to my amazing podcast listeners. Well, hello, everybody on the podcast. It is good to be here. Okay, so just so you all understand how this is working, I'm, we're sitting in my car, and we're driving, and I've got this tiny little microphone that I have to literally, like, throw my whole body over to put this tiny little microphone in front of her while she drives. All right, so I got, I got total control of everything. Don't worry. We're perfectly safe. We're not hurting anybody on the road. Plus, there's, like, nobody on the road. We're just driving that long stretch of desert between Vegas and Orem, Utah. But anyway, here's, so we are, um, uh, first off, hey, but let's just talk about this real quick. You know, Angela, you, you got to, um, we, we turned this into a Valentine's Day trip, right? 
Yes, we did. Okay, so talk about some of the cool stuff that we did. We uh, we finally went to see a Cirque du Soleil show, and we chose Beatles Love, which was amazing. Uh, totally incredible. Worth every bit of time, travel, money. Loved it. So we were able to do that on Valentine's night, and then just spend some time together, hanging out, being friends. Um, you know, quality time. Something that we... <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to share a little bit about this. I don't, um, I don't really care about Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm going to be real. And Angela, you, you know this, right? That's an amen. <laughs> That's a 10-4, good buddy. So I, I'm not a big fan of Valentine's Day. I think it's... I, now I understand, you know, having... You know, being in our marriage where all I do every single day... It's like feels like to me every day is Valentine's Day. But would you agree though? I could just be. I know you. You would never lie. So if I'm not making this up. Do you feel like, like I go every day as if that day is Valentine's Day? Yes, I think. But I think both of us do. Hello, acknowledgement, please. No I'm kidding. I know, but we're talking about how why I don't like or I don't care about Valentine's Day. You can talk about your feelings about Valentine's Day if you want to. Go ahead. Well, yes. So now we, it, Valentine's Day is, is not the only day to dote on your spouse or your partner or your companion. It is, it's something that we've made very, very, it's, it's important is that every day we, every day is a celebration of each other. So there's not, there's not this need or this anxious need to go out and buy flowers on the one day of the year. It's just like, oh. Every day feels like it's not every day. Every day is love. It's not like that, but it's just appreciation, acknowledgement, celebration, time spent, uh, words of affirmation, positivity, love. Um, there's gifts. There's there's all the. I'm I'm quoting the five love, love languages now, but that happens daily. And so when that happens daily, there isn't this anxiety necessary to show the person that you're with that you. I do love you. I swear. Look here, I am on this day showing you. We don't have that, and we don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like when I think about Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh my gosh. I now you know I do this every day, and here I am required to spend $150 on flowers and like what's the point because I know she knows I love her because I show her every day but in but we did travel to Las Vegas for the weekend and turned it a workshop into a Valentine's Day trip which you are totally down with yes yes it's so fun I love I like taking trips with you so it just happened to fall on Valentine's weekend and so we're like hey let's go out which we do every week anyway but it was just, it happened to be in Vegas at a show called Love. That's right. I just realized that. We went, to a val- we went to a show on Valentine's Day called Love. Fascinating. I didn't think about that. All right, here we go. So let's talk about um, this concept. So we're, we're, we're driving now. We've got like, it's about a six hour drive from Vegas back home. And um, we're on the stretch of road in desert and we're just talking because that's about all you can do when you're driving. Anyway, and we're talking about this concept of take control. And so um, this came from a book that you're currently reading that you got all excited about. So talk about, um, real quick, share with the audience how you got turned on to this book and why you, you know, talk about why you read, you know what I mean? Why you listen to these things, what matters to you, like how you educate yourself, what's the point? And then talk about some of the things that you're learning in this book. Because I think 
it's really important for everybody to learn. Like sum that up as well. And then we'll, we'll bring in strengths and how this works for everybody. Okay. So the book, the book that I am listening to on Audible um, is called Take Control of Your Life by Mel Robbins. And I am a huge Mel Robbins fan. I got to hear her speak at an event I went to. And ever since then, I've just been... I've just been fascinated with what she puts out. It's just everything is kind of woo-woo, but it's all science-based. So it's really cool. Um, anyway, I was looking to for a new book, and I was going to actually read Mel Robbins' five-second rule again, which I've read now three or four times. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a great book. And I thought, I didn't, I didn't really want to read that again, maybe next year. But what else could I read that is similar and helps with the idea of having fears about certain things? And this book came up when I kind of searched for books with this theme, and it happened to be by Mel Robbins, and we happened to already have it in our Audible, just kind of sitting there waiting. And I started listening to it. And you know it's a great book when you can actually run on the treadmill to it. (laughs) That's rare when a book is so good that you can actually run on a treadmill. Walking on a treadmill, that's one thing, but run. So the first day I started listening and I was running and I ended up running for like 20, 30 minutes straight just listening to her book. And I knew this was an amazing book. And so I dove in. I love to read, especially when it comes to a topic that I'm fascinated with and the idea of controlling your life or having some sort of control is super fascinating to me because we all we all I don't know about you but I feel like I say we all but I feel like there are parts of my life I know I need to have control of and there are parts of my life where I have what I thought was control and what I've learned in this book it's not actually control so I, I love that. Um, anyway, I read all the time. I love reading. I love learning. But I only love learning about things that I'm fascinated with. If it's like, if Eddie t- tells me about a book, oh, you got you to gotta check out this book on sleep. And I'm just like, no, thank you. Uh, that's boring. Until, until something's going on in my life where I'm like, okay, I need to learn more about sleep because, you know, I'm dealing with some sort of sleep something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that's why I just love, I love upgrading. I love upgrading my mind, my thoughts, my intelligence. I just like upgrading every once in a while on things that are fascinating. So. Okay. So what is the the main, like like the main thing that you're taking away from this book so far? Share that real quick. Okay. So in our life, we have, we have fears. We have, we have fears that cause us to hesitate. And I know you've shared about hesitation on the podcast in a few of the episodes that I've heard. And fear is the reason that we hesitate. We have a fear of something. Now, fear triggers within us this uh, stress. And, and what we have with stress to combat is cortisol. Cortisol is shot out, right? The body just responds. And cortisol is only meant to last for about 90 seconds, but we live in such a stressed out, messy state that it's forever long. Anyway, that's not this topic. But 
in that time frame, your body has this tell. Either your cheeks flush, your ears turn red, you start to itch. Uh, your, me, I notice my, my, my leg bounces if I'm sitting. Or you ring your fingers. Your body gives this tell that you're, you are in this state of panic. And in order for you to feel normal, even if it's just 30 seconds to 30 minutes of normal, you will try to take control of that situation by what Mel calls fake control. Fake control is good because it gives you a sense of peace for 30 minutes. But in the long run, fake control is just a way for you to avoid what it is you fear. And so in order to take real control of your life, as the idea behind this book, is that you have to acknowledge the thoughts and the tell that your body is putting out there, because it always will, and then make a different decision. So for me, I, nobody on this podcast knows my story, but for me, I had a major weight issue the majority of my life since a little girl. Um, and, and I created an entire weight loss program around the idea of emotional weight loss. Like you can go on every diet you want, but nothing will, the weight won't stay off if you don't deal with your emotions. So for those of you who don't follow me or know me at all, I've lost about 140 pounds in the last, I lost it in about, uh, a year and a half's time and then my body has just kind of balanced itself to where it wants to be so it's about 140 pounds and I love the way that I feel I basically took real control of my life rather than the fake control so for me anytime I had a fear of being seen so the backstory is my sister had a drowning accident and she did end up passing in that accident she she died of drowning and I was the sister that survived. And so I'm the, well, yeah, I'm the one that pulled her out of the water, um, called my father to come do CPR. I think I was seven. I was seven years old. And that was a very traumatic experience for me. And I happened to be the sister that lived. And when you don't know how to deal with that pain, that trauma, and nobody around you is there to kind of work with you through it, you find a safe space. You find a fake form of control. Nobody stepped in and said, Angela, we've got to work on the real control here, right? So I didn't want to be seen because I was the, I was the girl that lived. I was the one that, you know, it was my fault. I was seven. <laughs> Let's remember that number because it still blows my mind. I was seven and I was watching my baby siblings in the pool. And in my head, in my seven-year-old head, this was my fault. I should have been, the. I should have prevented this. I should have stopped this. So anyway, my fake form of control was hiding. How did I hide? I completely covered my body with a fat suit to protect myself. And my fake form of control was food. Food gave me a feeling of being normal, of not being exposed, of not being um, vulnerable. It gave me this freedom to just be at peace for 30 minutes. But as Mel talks about, fake control is good for sure, 30 minutes, but 30 minutes over 30 years led to me putting on an extra 140 pounds and carrying, carrying myself, you know, 345 pounds every single day. 
that's what fate control does. Now, your fate control might, might not be because your sister drowned. Any trauma, it, trauma can be anything from, sure, a, a painful incident in your past where your sibling passed away or a parent died or abuse, but it can also be something that just leaves a lasting impression of fear. For another one for me is I do not like to read in public because I remember an, a situation in elementary school, you know, where they went around the room, like popcorn reading, and it, you never know, knew if it was going to be you, but you'd get called on. And then you had to read out loud, and I read, and I stumbled on a few words, and a couple kids laughed. Well, that caused trauma for me for reading out loud. <laughs> it's silly. We think trauma has to be something huge and dramatic, but it's simply something that leaves a lasting impression of fear. All right. So for some of you, I probably tapped into that with that fear of reading in public, you know. Anyway, um, and so a, a fake control I took in that situation was like I'd raise my hand to use the restroom or I would, you know, I would try and hide in my seat or I would there were times I acted like the class clown so that I would distract the situation and try to get the reading to stop. Y'all feel me on this. You know what I'm talking about. This is fake control. And so Mel says it's great until it's not great anymore. And I found that it wasn't great anymore for me when I was, you know, 150 pounds overweight or whatever you're at. Maybe you don't speak up because your form of control is staying silent so that nobody looks at you or nobody yells at you, whatever it is. So, when we have these fears, we it's a space of I don't feel like who I am is enough right here in this moment to do the task at hand. So I am going to go recreate myself for 30 short minutes to be the fill in the blank, to be the overeater, to be the cleaning freak. Maybe every time something triggers you fear-wise, you start to go clean something or you start to do laundry or you get on your phone and you start mindlessly scrolling or or you know you start drinking or whatever it is right and all all Mel says people think how do I get rid of these things as if it's some big task and truly all it is is acknowledging that you're in a space where you don't feel good enough to handle that situation so you become something else something fake okay huge that's a it's a big deal and i'm hoping that for those of you that are listening right now are getting a lot of good things from this what we want to do is we talk about let's talk about how you made the decision or the things the decisions you made where you actually took control and not faked control and i want to bring your strengths into this because i'm looking at your strengths right now and you've got uh, four influencing strengths in your top 10. You've also got three executing strengths in your top 10, which means you want to move people forward and make sure things are being done the right way. Your fifth strength, which is your captain, the one in control is a ranger. And think about that while you're thinking about this for you. A ranger is uh, essentially, because I've known you, my, you know, for so long, a ranger for you is definitely putting the pieces together for maximum productivity. Putting the pieces together for maximum productivity. That's how you start. And then your number one strength that kind of takes the, the, the cue from that, which is maximizer, and it focuses on the best parts of the pieces first. And it figures out how to make the whole thing better by using the best parts. So when you're thinking about you, right, putting the pieces of you together, wow, this is actually pretty revealing for me right now, looking at how you did this. You took the best parts about you 
and you put those together for maximum productivity, for maximum execution, for maximum influence, uh, and so on. So maybe just kind of keep those strengths in mind, right? Move people forward, get things done right, arranger and maximizer. How did all, and, and, and so look at all the, how you did this, how you took control, and just have those strengths in mind and, and while you're talking about that. Okay. Oh, I have That's to, I, it, yes, thank you. Uh, okay, so thinking about that, it's interesting how now I'm recognizing how my strengths came into play as I tackled the, the weight problem. Um, people ask me, well, what was your turning point? What was that game-changing thing? And it really was a lot of different things, but my maximizer was at the helm. <laughs> it really was because I decided that anytime there's a caloric deficit, the body's gonna, the body will shed weight. It will. Um, the problem is that it always comes back on if you don't deal with why. Why are you putting on the weight in the first place? What you know. What's going on that you're turning to food? Okay, so I'm using my weight loss as an example. So I decided to stop thinking about a diet that could save me. And I started thinking about, okay, what do I already have that's good? And I thought, well, I'm pretty cool. I've got this body. It might be overweight, but like this body played Division One basketball. And this body got to travel and do lots of different things when I played basketball and this body carried <laughs> it's so funny this is such a maximizer thing to do and I didn't even realize it <laughs> 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 this body carried six babies full term and delivered them on its own and look how many great things this body's already done and so what I chose to do instead of hating my body for what it wasn't I decided to maximize <laughs> and love it for what it was and then really grow from there. And and <laughs> it's so funny. I'm giggling to myself because I'm like, holy crap, I maximized this bad boy all the way to 140-pound weight loss. Right. Um, so I started loving myself. I started I, – I knew affirmations were good. And then I thought, well, arranger, <laughs> how can I make them perfect for me? And – you know, I'm big on essential oils. Scent is very powerful if we really think about scent. And I utilized scent to, to attach to specific affirmations where I became more in love with myself. So if I, if I love myself this much, what would happen if I loved myself, you know, five times more or, ten, or however you measure that? And so I would constantly speak loving things to myself. Um, if I had a thought, and this is, a, again, this is a thing that is talked about in, take, in the Take Control book. She says you have to address when that moment of fear, hesitation, jumps out. You have to address it. You have to be very aware of your sub subconscious, which most people are not. We run 94% of our lives subconsciously, and that, that leaves us with 6% of our lives we actually know what we're doing and why we're doing it. So there's something right there. That's a fun stat, right? So anyway, addressing my thoughts. I address my thoughts constantly. Uh, I would eat a piece of cheese and go, this is going to make you fat. And I would stop myself right there and say, this is not going to make you fat. This is going to fuel your body and move you forward. So then I would go about my merry way and I wouldn't end up sabotaging myself over a thought of this is going to make you fat, right? So loved my body, altered my thoughts, 
and the weight started to come off. And then I maximized even more by saying, what's the best way to eat that is loving and kind to my body? It was never about how can I lose more weight? It was about taking what was already good and making it even better by eating in a very healing way. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Okay, so that is, um, in a nutshell, what is taking control. And and the, the big takeaway for me, and I hope for you, uh, is is number one the true change only comes with true understanding true getting clear about who you are instead of like doubting who you are is right or wrong and then just trying to become something you're not we can't just arbitrarily just start being something that we're not it's not long-lasting it doesn't work and it only leads to more self-sabotage um, I can't think of a, a you know stronger trigger to become to trigger on self-abuse than being something you're not it's a massive trigger so ultimately the big takeaway here is take control by understanding and and being clear about who you are and then you know consciously understanding your strengths Angela did it subconsciously she didn't even know that that was a strength until later on and even a little bit understanding it more while we're sitting here in the car when I'm looking at her strengths and I'm realizing that she was using her strengths and not even knowing it and it worked so well so now you can consciously do that right so now that you just real quick and then we'll wrap up this episode we're going a little long um just now that you understand this concept of your maximizer and your arranger and how they play together how does that make you feel about the past that what you've done and what you want to do going forward real quick it makes me want to just stay fully in my gifts and strengths because it's it leads me to I guess, quote unquote, victories or happiness or peace, um, fulfillment, uh, whereas trying to do the opposite of what I'm gifted at, it just leads me to be in a pit and that's not where anybody wants to be. So yeah, I, I'm choosing to move forward with other things that I want to tap into using my strengths because every time I do, I, I'm very successful. I'm very successful when I'm in my zone and I love myself more and when you love yourself more and you're all in with you you're kinder to your body you're kinder to your spirit you're kinder to yourself and when you're kinder to yourself you have less fears from not being enough okay awesome look at that I squeezed in a strengths coaching session for my wife so is it possible to coach your wife yes ladies and gentlemen <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap up this episode and I'm going to challenge you all to get to know your strengths. Go to gallup, uh, gallup.com, G-A-L-L-U-P.com forward slash access. Take the strengths assessment, get your full 34. And if you do it right now, right now, if you take that assessment because you've listened to this episode, I will happily talk with you about your strengths for 30 minutes, no charge. But here's how you, what you have to do. You have to take the strengths assessment on the day that this episode is released, which means if you listen to this episode, right, and you take the assessment, it'll have the date on there. Share that with me and I'll help you. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Do it and I'll help you. If you hesitate, I can't help you, right? So let's roll. I hope you have an awesome day and I hope you choose to unleash your strengths with everything you do. Get clear about where you are before you decide to try and change. And uh, as always, I'll hang out with you every Saturday, 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Facebook. And uh, let's talk a little bit more. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.
I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. For more strengths coaching and tips, go to eddiepvia.com or join me live every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time at facebook.com forward slash grow with Eddie. This episode is brought to you by LaunchPod Media.